Hello, and welcome to Hazelwood West High School Writers Week 2023. This episode will feature original poems by senior Ethan McPhail and a Writers Week friend, Alex Hudgens, will interview poet and author Harold Green III. Please enjoy. We will begin this podcast with two poems by our senior, Ethan McPhail. There was a little boy trapped in a world and body that he had not wanted. As he grows, his bones ache and stretch, and so too does his heart. His heart stretches over everyone, protecting and nurturing all who it befalls. But beware of the fires of those who seek to do harm, and know thy limits. But the little boy didn't listen. No, he liked the feeling of offering himself to others. And so begins the spiral. A person had set his heart ablaze with the inferno of corruption, and it had left the organ incinerated. The heart still beats. He stretched it too far, and it tore gaping holes in the fleshy covering. The heart will still beat. The pain will never go away, but you must keep beating. People begin to take parts of it and leave. Every piece still beating, but the heart growing weaker. The boy didn't retract his heart to heal it, and it shattered like glass. The boy will now be forever doomed to pick up the pieces and try to remake his heart. For you can care too much, and you can care for the wrong people. But the love you gave cannot be given back, not to whom you've parted it to. Behind tired eyes lies an old soul in the brain of a child, but the body of a man. Behind tired eyes are horrors unseen by many, broken and fractured is the mind, but the pieces still somehow function. Behind the tired eyes lies the extinguished innocence of youth, replaced by the cold stone of adulthood, the ashes still smolder. Behind the tired eyes are neurons barely firing, an energy rapidly diminishing, and a desire overtaking. Behind the mask is a person I used to know, but his heart has grown colder, weaker, more divided, and I can't help but wonder, whatever did he do? In this portion, Alex Hudgens interviews poet and author Harold Green III. Listen as Harold describes writing as an art form and shares where his passion for poetry and storytelling first began. Hello. How are you, Harold? I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Your voice is as cool as I thought it was going to be, so this should be very fun. <laughs> I, I suspected as much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hopping in here. I don't know 
shout out to Writers Week. If this is not getting edited at all, we're going we're going <laughs> raw here. We're going live. Um, but it's so good to meet you. Where are you right now? Where am I talking to you from? I am in Chicago right now. Nice. So you're also cold. Okay, I'm in New York City. It's sunny, which is deceptive. <laughs> but we're we're in it. It's late February, people. Hey, it's man, right. it's the time people, of the year. That's right. And everybody listening in at Writers Week is in St. Louis, so they get it too. <laughs> but without further ado, I'm so excited to to speak with you today. I would love for you to give us a quick bio and just introduce yourself. My name is Harold Green. I'm from Chicago, a South Side native. I've been writing for like 20 years now. I'm just really excited to be here. I'm honored to be in the space. Well, we are so excited to have you. I know you were hand-selected. Please, if you can get him. So we are very <laughs> excited. You've got some some fans in the audience, certainly. But let's dive in here. I don't. I would love to know how and why you got into poetry specifically. We'll get to the kids' books, but we know your books, Black Roses. Tell me, how did you get into this? My father actually wrote poetry for my sister and I when we were young. And uh, he would call us like prince and princess in the, in the poetry. And that's, that's always stood out to me and how that made me feel. And I would write like, you know, stories and stuff like that but I, I mainly wrote raps when I was younger um, nice yeah and then when I hit senior year of high school I started watching uh, HBO Death Poetry Jam oh yeah I was like oh wow there are people who look like me sound like me and come from places like I do and they do this you know, there was the it was when my eyes were open to how cool poetry could be because before that it felt stuffy and it felt academic and it wasn't anything I was necessarily, you know, interested in, not knowing that I was writing it anyway, um, the rap. So um senior high school is when I really got into specifically writing poetry and it really started as writing gifts to my family and to my being girlfriend, you know, people close to me. And uh, it expanded from there. That's really cool. I have to ask, uh, can you rap? Cause listen, I could write a rap and then try and actually rap it. And it would not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I used to have a, I used to have like a band and stuff like that. I put out, you know, various projects and stuff like that. So um, earlier in my career, I was still rapping and, you know, I was mixing, you know, the stuff up. I would have like, you know, spoken word interludes and spoken word tracks and raps and all of that. So I, I spent a, a nice chunk of my career doing both. Yeah, that's really cool. I love the fluidity of the different art forms and specifically with poetry you know on your website it says you specialize in making poetry an accessible art form for all why do you think it isn't already easily accessible like why do we sometimes have that kind of stuffy I think was the word you used that kind of connotation about poetry yeah I think it's um, you know even from its origin I think it has this this sort of highfalutin air to it is really not that deep, you know what I'm saying? Like not saying, yeah. that, you know, not saying that it's not because it is, but in at its core, 
it's about human connection to sentiment, you know? And that mm. I think is the most important part. I always talk about how, I don't care how much, you know, we advance as a society and technology, that's one thing that the robots can't take from us. They can't take sentiment, you know, like yeah. we feel in a very special way. And, you know, whether it's a poem about, you know, cutting your finger while you're cooking or it's a poem about how you got over heartbreak or how much joy you feel when you see butterflies, the mm -hmm. basis of it is human connection to sentiment, you know, and I think all of us speak different languages, all of us speak different dialects, all of us have different experiences. And I think poetry's job is to connect to all of those experiences and all of those experiences are not stuffy. That's really beautiful. It can be intimidating. I guess I'll speak for myself. I, I enjoy writing poetry, almost like a meditation, more like journaling than anything, mm -hmm. without the intent of anyone ever seeing it necessarily. Right. But I think that there can be this like, oh man, I don't know the form. I don't know the structure. Yeah, I don't know man. how this is supposed to be. Yeah. How do you get into it? Yeah. Again, I want to write. I know about human sentiment, but how do I get yeah. into poetry? I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I have, <laughs> I have a master's in creative writing, and I uh -huh. really could care less about. <laughs> you know, like I remember, I remember. I, and this is so funny. I remember when I was um, getting my master's. And I was already well into my career. I was, you know, a professional artist and all of that good stuff. And yeah. um. I remember getting like a B on like certain works and it's like <laughs> who are you? like wait what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was it was a funny like time just kind of thinking about um the rubric and how it's analyzed. And to be honest with you, I love free form, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I know all the forms and all of that and all I am because uh, pentameters and all of that good stuff but I love free form because I think it takes away that fear you know there's creativity yeah. that comes out of confinement that's why the forms are uh, so interesting and the mastery of the forms are so applauded but I think that that also kind of creates that fear that you're talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know that I had to know math in order to write, you know? <laughs> like, you yes. know, that's a lot of people's, you know, kind of apprehension. And I think for me, um, there's something so liberating about free form. And you find form in there too. You know, I think that's life though. You know, I think that's kind of metaphorical for how life kind of operates. That's good. There, look, you can't even not speak in poetry. It's, that's it's, just it's, coming out naturally. It's, it's embedded in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. Well, shout out to all the students in any form of English class right now. Uh, we're on team freeform. So if all the teachers, if I'm in trouble now, I'm yeah, like, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any any teacher who is really kind of, you know, hammered this, you know, and I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, as long as we've got a, we're getting professional advice here. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've had a lot of success at the way I've gone at, so I'm not just throwing some spaghetti at the wall, you know? <laughs> I, I love it. So this Writer's Week specifically celebrates the power, breadth, and strength, the written word. <laughs> you know, I think surely when it comes to power, again, and got their own view of what's cool and what's cold and what's good and all of that, um, right. you got to show up with a certain 
a certain confidence, a certain power. And there was a certain power in my voice that I found in those spaces. And just knowing that your work resonates with a tough crowd is a, yeah. it's, it's something that you don't forget. And it's something that you carry with you. I knew too in that, that there was power in my experiences because I yeah. wasn't writing from anybody else's POV. I was writing from my own and to know that people enjoyed that it made me feel empowered, you know? And um, I think that yeah. there's, you, you breathe life, um, the words breathe life into life, in my opinion. So once you start getting back to the form, I think that poetry is putting form to feelings. And yeah. once you start to put those words onto a page and you start to put, you know, a, a rhyme pattern or you start to put, you know, a certain cadence to your feelings, I think that you are now breathing life into your feelings and breathing, breathing life into sentiment, which I think is that full circle moment of like art imitating life, life imitating art. That is where the breath kind of comes into it. And you said the last one was strength. Yeah. Obviously, by the denotation of it, I think power and strength has the same feel. Um, sure. But I think that there is also a certain strength that you find in getting over your fears. You know, whether that mm. fear is putting words onto the page or that fear is for some who take it beyond the page and put it into, you know, life um, and performance. I think that there is a certain strength in getting over that fear, like we were just kind of talking about, you know, a few minutes ago. That's great advice. Listen up, people. I hope you're taking notes. Once again, please enjoy poetry from Hazelwood West High senior Ethan McPhail. There comes a time in life when you put on a mask. You keep it on for so long, it becomes your face. The comfort of a new identity embraces you with hospitality, but the mask ravages under the surface. Like the snake of Eden, it whispers in your ear, you're nothing without me. You've worn the mask for so long that no one has seen your real face. So you try and abandon the mask, but the world is now afraid of you. Why are you like this? What's going on? Where did this come from? Who are you? So you sit inside, crying and wailing. The mask was a distraction, a drug, an addiction. But now it's a parasite, a leech, an issue. Nobody can see the damage. The last thought you think before the mask starts to belittle you again is nobody will ever see the fractured face behind it ever again. People young and old, our history and conflicts retold. Our hearts grow weak and cold, or akin to a festering mold. But it's never too late to make a stand. Look to your fellow human and grab their hand. For all we've been through, the high and the low, a symbol of beauty is a rainbow. So why is it that we see all the colors as pleasing, but on our fellow man and woman, unappealing? Oh, this world of bended knee, how can you all not see? You wish for the best to become and be, but you do not follow what you decree. So take a moment and have a look. Read yourself like a book. 
What do the pages say about you? And ask yourself, what do you want to be true? So be reborn and become brand new and show this world what the new you can do. In the second half of the interview, Harold digs deeper into his writing process, shares some of his projects, and his dreams for the future. Uh, you have Black Roses, which are odes to celebrating powerful Black women, and then Black Oak honors Black men. Tell me about the process, like what was the, not the just the process of writing, but even deciding okay these are these kind of this duo that i'm going to put into the world so i'm always trying to do unique and because there's so many people that do spoken word and do you know poetry and all that good stuff so i'm always trying to find ways to do projects that stick out one of the ongoing themes of my work is flowers for the living giving praise affirming people while they're still here is a big part yeah. of the work that i do and thinking about a new project, I was like, well, how can I use my platform and, you know, go even further? So I was starting to think about like public figures, black public figures who, and I wanted to start with the women because, you know, women first. And I think that black women don't get enough praise. And I wanted to kind of create some emotional equity um, mm. through this project. So the way it originated was I'm going to do 10 black women, then I'm going to do 10 black men. I'm going to call the Black Women's Project, Black Roses, then the Black Men, Black Oak, and keep it in line with my whole little floral thing, yada, yada, yada. So I started doing them on the internet. Immediately, they picked up steam. You know, the people I, would, I yeah. was talking about, they were seeing them, and they were reposting them and messaging me and all of this good stuff. And then okay. the pandemic hit, so I had to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I, was, I was working with videographers at the time. So, you know, it was bird box, so you couldn't be around anybody, you know what I'm saying? So I had to start filming on my camera with with my sons and I, and lo and behold, the project still was a success. And I think it was even a great time for because people had more time, you know? Totally. So people were seeing it and they were, you know, sharing and all of that good stuff. I gained a literary agent during that time. I had one before, but this one was really special and she was very aware of the you know viral project and all of that good stuff and was like yeah we need to turn this into a book proposal immediately you know harper collins felt like the perfect uh home for the project and that's how it went from you know this internet project to this tangible book deal Harper Collins, yeah. no less. Casual. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. That was, it, that was when she called me, I'll never forget she FaceTime and I know I always know when she's got some great news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Harper Collins uh, wants to talk. And I was like, oh, oh, oh dude. Woo-hoo! Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say, if you had to say, was the most exciting part of writing these? And what what was the most challenging part? I think the most exciting for me was knowing that I was doing something that isn't being done Mm -hmm. so when we were doing like market research before i got going with the book i realized that we have like profile collections and poetry collections and things but they're always normally about dead people you know 
Um, yeah. We don't really talk about living people and the accomplishments that they have going on. Um, unless it's like at an award show and you got like a lifetime achievement type situation. Knowing that I was putting together a collection that was honoring and revering individuals who were here right now, knowing that I was going to be able to make people see Black people, you know, like, you know, that, uh, do you see dead people? Like that, that whole thing, like knowing that <laughs> yeah. you're creating space, um, mm -hmm. Even if you never read this book, if you go into a, a bookstore, you know, across America and you see this on the shelves, these black faces, they're mm -hmm. taking up space, you know, just at that, that little, you know, modicum of, of an idea is important because the more yeah. that we know that each other exists, the harder it is to run from that reality, you know? I knew that that was really important and, you know, it can go, it has layers and levels to it, but that that base level was really important to me. And then yeah. I think the biggest challenge for me was cutting my list, you know? <laughs> that was my, if you hadn't said that, that was my question. Like, how yeah, did you get man. To each? Yeah, tapering my list, um, so the books, the the video project was just you know was ten, but the books uh, are forty people per book. Tapering those that those initial lists was difficult. Now, Black Oak was easier because we went through the process. Black Roses, we went through the the process of nearing that list first, so I knew what I was in for when it came to Black Oak. But right. it was a collective effort between my editor and I. And, you know, it was like the formula was really kind of like, you know, we don't want to necessarily do the the global stars like, you know, the Beyonce's and Oprah's and Rihanna's and things like that, because essentially to whatever degree they kind of already not that they could they couldn't use more, but they kind of sure. get their flowers, you know what I'm saying? But like right. so we wanted to kind of, you know, put some names out there that maybe you heard of, maybe you haven't, but I want to make you I want to encourage you to go look up some more. You know, I want to go, want you to go, yeah. you know, see like what this person is doing. Look at the work they've done. Look at, you know, this, that, the third. Um, so it was a mix of like, you know, some big names to medium names to family names, you know? So that was kind of yeah. the cool part, but it was challenging cutting it down. I, I can only imagine. That's a hard, yeah. that's a, that's a, a good champagne problem that, you know, wasn't right, right. Best, but <laughs> the narrowing though. Yeah, so absolutely. you have a new, a new book. I think it's a new series coming this spring, early summer. And one of yeah. the books I know, it's like the number store. Tell me about that. It's for kids. So after we landed Black Roses and Black Oak, my amazing um, literary agent, we went on a children's book deal spree. So I have five children's books coming out in the next year or so. So I have a children's program deal with Running Press Kids, which is like a imprint I shut, and then mm -hmm. picture book coming out with Chronicle Books out of Oakland. Two that are coming up in the spring, The Number Store and Rainbow mm -hmm. Park. So they're board books for the early readers, like zero to three, and oh, they're exploring cool. like colors and numbers. But what makes it really cool is it's supposed to be a series. So it's based around this intergenerational black family. So you get to see 
a dad, a mom, two sons, and then what makes it even more special is the granddad and the grandmother. You know, so normally you just kind oh, of yeah. see that nuclear unit, but you get to see like the expanded, you know, because a lot of people's family look like that. It's really kind of cool for that representation to be there. And then later this year, the first picture book with Running Press is coming out, Love Bubble, uh, which is mm. really cool. Uh, that'll be coming out in December. And next year we'll have the next picture book, Hug by the Night. And then we have a middle grade book coming out with Running Press called Words Versus the World. That's awesome. Are they yeah. poetic, if you will? Or are they more educational? Like I'm going to point and know that that's the color blue. How does that work? Yeah, so the board books are more educational. You know, they're pretty standard as far as board books go. But obviously, like in my tone, and I think Hug by the Night, the one that's coming out next year, that's probably the, that's probably the only one that's a little bit more poetic. When I say poetic, let me be more specific. That's the one that's more rhymy. The rest of sure. them are looser. Well, I don't have children. I have a dog. <laughs> no kids yet but I will uh, I'll have to go pick them I live way too close to too many bookstores that's where all my money goes but happy to support absolutely. friends so oh, please please yeah yes. absolutely in addition to having several book deals obviously like we've just discussed you've also had a lot of really cool non-book professional collaborations I was looking at the list it's like Nike Google Lululemon Chicago Public Schools Foot Locker Jordan and the list goes on how yeah. does that work how do you combine art with business because sometimes it seems like oh I can't do that it's too precious you know like how does that work so that goes back to that whole making poetry accessible thing you know mm -hmm. I think we consume so much media and mm -hmm. for me what is important is that the kid who is like you know aimlessly scrolling through social media they come across my Foot Locker ad and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. I didn't know it could look like this. I didn't know you could yeah. take it this far. I didn't know it could be this cool. And that's precious to me, you know? Yeah. The words, they come and go, but that, that feeling and that inspiration that you create with the art, that's important, you know? Like I am mm -hmm. showing so many people that you could take it further than what you even thought it could go, you know? And I'm also mm -hmm. creating, to me, going back to that, you know, form to sentiment, you know, I know we all have our different, you know, feelings about capitalism and things like that, but there is a certain sure. um, way that materials make us feel. If promotion is going to happen anyway, it sure. might as well be something good and real and from the soul, you know? Because yeah. these are real feelings that people have in connection to material things, um, whether it be clothes, shoes, or um, there are just a myriad of ways that I've found collaboration to be so fulfilling and edifying in regards to my art. I think that's got to be relatively, like, that's pretty rare that your medium has flowed so seamlessly into all the, I was like, Nike, let me look this up. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like these companies, they want to be the ones to tell the best story because that gets yeah. back to the human sentiment. That get That is what pulls you in. Like, what yeah. is the story? You know, Nike has these amazing ads that happen every time. As soon as LeBron hit, 
that point they had that you know they had, had that ready. on yep. how many yes. of you all have seen god you know and it's just like yep. oh my god this is a, you know and it's like who can tell the best story and i think for them they realize how great of a storyteller i am to me yeah. that's an honor you know i love that how do you speak about yourself and speak about what you do with this level of of real authentic confidence in all of it like there's no false humility and i really appreciate that <laughs> that is real yeah, no absolutely i think you know i think we do a disservice sometimes not explaining because i think we throw around that 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 phrase you need to you know be humble you need to humble right. yourself and it's like yeah i think we're talking about when ego gets to hubris you know but there's a a very fine line of like confidence and then okay now you are self-sabotaging with what you're doing we need to live in that space of knowing that what we're doing is important i i mean this on a on a grand scale whether you're a mom who who cooks meals for their kids or a mega artist who, you know, is touring the world, whatever your, whatever your special skill is, it's important to know how important it is to the world. And just like my dad set that foundation of poetry for me, my mom was the one who set that foundation of confidence. She always mm. let my sister and I know, you don't wait for the world to tell you the good things or you're going to be waiting forever. I, you ever see me perform, I will stop in mid-performance and tell audiences like, hey, look, I'm cold and I'm going to let you know when something is good in this poem and you just got to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? Like, and audiences, yes. laugh, they, they, but they love that though. That's just how I operate. But it's also, I work my butt off for this, you know? Yeah. Like I've been doing this for 20 years. When other people were out, you know, partying and doing their thing in college, like I was in my room like, yeah. writing poems, putting plays together, putting programs and shows together. Like I was disciplined and dedicated and haven't stopped since. Like in 2014, I wrote a new poem every single day as a challenge to myself. Nobody told Ooh. me to do that. Nobody asked me, you know what I'm saying? And some days I yeah. wrote too. When you put that type of work in, you know, and, and even back to the, you know, athlete in me, like when you, when you are putting up shots, you know when it's game time, you know that mm -hmm. you can say, hand me the ball, you know, because you know, right. I got this. I've, I've worked for this. So I'm, I'm okay telling you like, yeah. And that has allowed me to know where my deficiencies are too. You know, working that sure. hard. I know myself on the, on the left and the right. That's so good. I, I'm so glad that you, that you expanded there because it's like, I, this is something that I wish I had learned younger is that putting my own light or trying to play small, that is not, a, it's just a disservice to, to me, but it's a disservice to the world. Absolutely. Why can't we play really Absolutely. big and, you know, Absolutely. encourage other people to do that? So I'm so glad that you, that you went there. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to no, everyone surely. listening. It's, it's courage. Yeah. Let's play big. And, that, and, and I'm glad you kept mentioning authentic, too, because I think there's yeah. a difference between authentic confidence and disingenuine confidence. And I think that disingenuine confidence is when you start pulling others down to lift yourself up. I think authentic Ooh. allows you to see yourself and see the greatness in others as well. Yeah, so good. Oh, so good. We're running out of time here. I could do this all day, but a couple more questions. One is, you know, with these these book deals, you said you've written plays, you've done spoken word, you rap, you've got these, these really cool collaborations. What's like 
the dream project. Oh man, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I because I'm just so I'm one of those like eternally inspired people and like I'm yeah. just always like wow that would be cool Ooh, that would be cool you know like I know something that I have been thinking about though like writing about all of these people has really because of the research I had to do has really pulled me into their orbit if I could collaborate with any of these people yeah. <laughs> like that would be you know like that would be so amazing if, if I could do something on an Ava DuVernay film or show if I could be yes. on a Rhapsody album if I could you know do something with Jason Reynolds if you know like all of these different yeah. you know just so many different people with such great orbits like if I could just be pulled in in some kind of way how amazing would that be you know like mm. if I could be on a John Legend track oh my god you know what I mean? Yes. So there's just so many different things that have come to mind in the process of writing and putting these books out. You look up one day, you see any of those things happening, just just smile for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you are putting it out there right now. And I am a, a big believer in, in speak it. Speak what you want Absolutely. to see happen. So good for yep. you, I, Ava, mm. oh, the queen. That would be oh, so Oh, cool. man, she, she has been so, um, like, one of the most amazing, like, when she got her book and all that, she had put like a, she put like a reel together and everything and put mm. it, it was just, she's just been really sweet. And um, mm. I have yeah. so many good things to say about her. Yeah, that's a great, if anybody listening does not know who Ava DuVernay is, that, her professional journey is wild. She, the, the queen of the pivot is, is truly amazing. Man, so absolutely. Look her up. <laughs> yes, Please. she's, she's very, very inspiring. Advice is an interesting word to me, but I'll, I'll use it this time. Any advice specifically to aspiring poets or writers who are listening in right now? All of the rubrics and all of the examples and all of the paths that we think people should take and all of that. But mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things you can do is find your unique voice and just mm. keep sharpening the sword. Like it's hard to dismiss authentic. And, yeah. and it sounds like there's a layer in there. And you kind of spoke to this earlier, like it's one thing to find your voice, which is very important and arguably something we're doing our whole lives. It's another right. thing to really like hone it in a way that it's, is- It's a very different thing. It, it takes yeah. discipline. Sure. You have to yeah. be like, and I know earlier we were talking about how much I don't care for form and all of that different stuff. Sure. But I want to make sure that it's understood how much I appreciate discipline. Discipline is mm. the cornerstone. Like whatever path you're going to choose, whatever, you know, route you're going to go or however you're going to find your voice, whatever you choose to do with it, be disciplined. It's so many, so many doors will be unlocked when you find out how important discipline is. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, that's really good. Okay, similar related question. Any advice that you wish you had known when you were in high school? We, we have a lot of high school students listening in. So what's that thing you go back and tell your maybe 16 year old self? Oh man, it, it would have been just what I said, discipline. <laughs> I was disciplined when I was younger. It was very funny, like just kind of seeing me operate like 
my kindergarten teacher even called home one time because I used to want to, I used to like to wear suits to school. My mom didn't force this on me. This was something that I wanted to do. And like they they called like uh Harold seems a little too mature for uh kindergarten. We're not we're not sure what's going on, but like I was like super in middle school. I kind of uh-huh. started to lean more on my like personality when I got to high school and then it was like personality and then you know I could like athletic success and all of this like all of these things combined I was like oh I can just kind of coast you know what I mean uh-huh. and um I lost that discipline in high school and tried to pick it back up senior year and it's like mm, you missed out on some years my boy you know so yeah. uh once I got to college I knew what I needed to do how to do it and how important the discipline was through my writing I would absolutely advise find your discipline and stay locked yeah. in. It's so important because you can still have fun. It's like fun, yeah. like discipline does not, does not absolve fun. Yeah, that's so good. They are not mutually exclusive. Maybe nah, on the occasional weekend they are. Right, but, right. But not, not all the time. Right. Well, Harold, this has been awesome. We are, we are out of time, but I'm so grateful for your candor and some really interesting but also really really helpful things that i'm like man if i was 16 listening to this like take notes everybody (laughs) this is great i I love to ask people before we sign off here one of my favorite things to ask people just in general in life it's what are you excited about coming up a lot of stuff got a lot of stuff going on man so i have to remind myself one thing at a time you know yeah so that's kind of how the days kind of go for me that keeps me inspired like you said earlier that's a really cool champagne problem to have to have to slow yourself down a little bit yes yeah yeah and just one thing at a time man enjoy this moment i was excited about this this interview so you know well that makes us feel good tell us as we sign up here where can we find your work where can we you know follow you and all that good stuff heraldandabeard.com is my website Okay. And then on, on all the socials, you can find me at Harold Green. No E is just oh. like the color. Amazing. Well, thank you again for, for your time. We're excited to pick up Black Roses and Black Oak and the kids' books. Whether you have kids or not, we can all be kids at heart. Why not? Absolutely. Uh, and Absolutely. to keep following what has already been such a, a really just cool career. We, we can't wait to see what you do next. Once again, for your listening pleasure, Hazelwood West High School senior, Ethan McPhail. Trapped in a world of silent grief, pieces of my heart taken by thieves, shadows in the night and pure darkness by day, the horror they bring is words I can never say. A life in service of others, a life breaking and broken, but even still, I cannot stop my actions. My heart will not stop beating. It will not stop loving. It's a poison that ravages and kills, and yet I have no way to stop it. The mask I've worn has long kept me safe, but look at me now, a silent mess of hallucinations and disturbing thoughts. I do not know who I am, a silent watcher, or an attention seeker. I was born okay, I lived okay, and I made mistakes.
So why am I worse than what I have done? Why am I stuck with the demons? Hope. A crack in the wall of darkness I can peer through to see the light beyond. It's blinding, outshining everything I've ever known. And it scared me. The darkness was safe. It was something I knew. It was something I had made with my own two hands. It was something I built after my actions and mistakes. And however much it may have whispered and lashed and hurt and stifled me, it was what I knew. But the light whispers to me, you're safe, you're loved, you're accepted and realized. I see you for who you are, a creature who fears to bathe in the light. I have been with you always, trying for you. Every day, every week, every month, it's patient, it's warm, it's supportive, and it makes me feel something again. It battles the darkness for someone they've hardly known, and it reminds me that I hadn't felt warmth in a long time, and none like this. The warmth I had known had always been taken from me and replaced with the darkness and the cold. But this light, it cares. It's been there for so long, waiting to see a crack in the wall so they can talk to me. I feel undeserving, so undeserving. But I will repay it with all that I may be, because I love it, and they love me. They really love me. And so to them I make this promise. This is day one of taking down the wall, and wherever I finally be rid of this last part of it, may the light embrace me in its warmth. Thank you so much for listening to Writers Week 2023. This week was made possible through donations and collaborations from the Florissant Rotary Club, Hazelwood West PTSA, Aunt B's Kettle Corn, Old Town Donuts, and other private donations. Please be sure to attend the West Community Showcase on Thursday, March 9th, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. for encore presentations and an author and vendor fair.